Good morning, good afternoon, good evening um, in the land of the podcast of Behind the Beards. It's who we are, and here we try to pull the curtain back, take a look behind the scenes, and reveal the things that go on in the hearts and minds of your ministers and ministry leaders. Um, this season, it's been a little bit different. You know, we made a little shift, and I've kind of really liked what we've done this year. Um, looking at ways to prepare ourselves and our people just for Christian life as a whole. Um, and the burdens that we carry is also the challenges that we face as Christians. So I've really enjoyed it. If you're new to the podcast, I'm Joshua Fowler. My partner over here is Aaron Partlow. Aaron's a youth minister, and I'm a family connections minister. And for the first time in a long time, it's not really the first time now, it's the first month, six weeks, we are together at a church in Longview, Texas, <laughs> Pine Tree Church of Christ. Surreal. Um, it's cool. It's awesome. It is, man. It's been six weeks, and it still doesn't feel real to look across the hallway and see um, your office, Sam, running around. Right. Um, so uh, it's pretty cool. There's some good stuff going on. We're really excited to be a part of it, and um, excited. I was excited. For... Um, I was excited for Josh to join us at Pine Tree until um, until I realized that I lost my title. That's right. You're now the seasoned uh, veteran minister. I, I was the. New youth minister at Pine Tree. And people always go like, do you mind that we call you the new youth minister? You've been here for two years. I said, no. Because at a church, nobody gives the new guy a hard time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I was like, you know, I was on easy street. Easy street. Um, and now our pulpit minister, Jody Garner, uh, always introduced me as the seasoned veteran youth minister. Which... I guess I've been doing youth ministry for 13 years, but I do not feel seasoned or veteran. Um, it's hard to believe. It is. Been... It's weird when you go to NCYM and your color changes on your tag because you have a, based on the amount of years that you've been in youth ministry, your your mm -hmm. color tag changes. And I think 20 is my next one, um, which, oof, that'll be wild. But uh, I just, um, like, it's weird. I still feel like, they asked me to teach a class, uh, or they asked me what topics I would teach if I would teach a class. They didn't ask me to teach a class. Uh, and I said, man, I don't know that I have anything of value to give at NCYM. Um, um, and there's probably not. I probably do, but, you know, I don't know. It's just like the way you feel. Sometimes it's crazy. I think it's, I think it's hard to picture yourself. I mean, I'm thinking, like, even in the season of life that I'm in, I've got a grandchild, right? And someone, uh, someone said something the other day, and they were like, "You know, we're not all a part of this younger generation." I'm like, "Yo, I got a grandbaby. I'm right. actually not a part of this younger generation yeah. anymore." Yeah, no joke. Like, it's there are more and more things in my life that are preventing me from being able to say I'm one of the young kids. For I can't go to the young couples sure. class. Can't go to the young families class. So. Well, and I was I was kind of I was turned off also for um, teaching at NCOM maybe because um, like I use that as a time to like really fill my cup. And I know that there are times like um, at SoulQuest we go to SoulQuest we uh, we take a bus from Longview, Texas, 
a charter a bus. We drive 13 hours up to York, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. I love it for a great week. And then I teach class. Uh, Josh and I both will go this year and, and teach class. Uh, was it like three times a day for five days or three times a day for four days? Um, it depends on if there's a hailstorm that cancels all the service projects on Wednesday <laughs> or not. But anyway, we um, you know teach class. And even though I'm teaching that class, like I feel spiritually uplifted. It's such a fun way to start my summer. Um, but at NCYM, like I truly go to to not be a youth minister and just to be a student and to learn and everything. And I feel like I feel like at this time of my life <clears throat> that I was not emotionally ready to kind of sacrifice uh, some brain space for that trip to to teach a class and yeah. so there's almost yeah. like this realization of of like what a limit would be um you know i know there's a limitation there that i need to see i had i had a i had a reason why i kept talking about this i had there's a there's a limitation there for me like i knew that i had to um kind of decline even really giving topics and teaching a class because i needed that time at least uh, at least that year. Now, in future years, you know, I might be more open to it, um, preparing or, or being ready for something like that. But at least these last times, I knew it was a limitation. I knew uh, that starting a new job at a new church, even though I've been here for two years, um, like it's still, uh, you're still really learning to ride the waves. Uh, you know, this is my third summer with Pine Tree, really my second summer in control. Uh, so, you know, you're learning to ride the waves. You're you're uh, slowly starting to add in your flavor of of your ministry and stuff like that. So but that's what we're going to be talking about today: embracing limits in a fast paced culture. Sometimes we don't know where yeah. our limits are. Well, and I mean, it's a fast paced culture, but we've allowed that fast paced culture to move into the church life as well. Oh, boiling toad syndrome, um, totally. <clears throat> And, you know, you and I have talked a lot about um, programs, activities, and ministries, but mm-hmm. there is a fine line, this this very delicate balance between providing valuable and needed resources for our families Yeah, without contributing to the chaos. That's right. Yeah, that's um, totally true. And, you know, understanding our limits personally as a church as families mm-hmm. uh, is one of those things that we have to just be better at um, mm-hmm. and we can we can talk about limits for a little bit you know there are uh, um, I don't know if he these are just some categories that I came up with based off of what we've been talking about with uh, Peter Scazzaro's book but you know there's some limits that are just god-given like there's some things um, that I just simply like can't do. Uh, yeah, because of the way God has the talents that I have. Some things I want to do, some things I would have a great um, desire to do, and I would feel like really cool if I could do them, but I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch these guys. I, you know, I'm a sports guy, and I go to a baseball game, and I watch the MLB, and like my toxic trait is with enough work and discipline, I could be that guy. I could do that. But uh, they, or if my most... if my parents had put me in uh, camps when I was younger or had gotten me started earlier, I could have been that. But 
Aren't they mostly what? Well, I was going to ask, what's the average retirement age of a MLB player? Oh, I would average retirement age is probably 35, 36. Um, there's probably thinking. some that go a little early, go a little later. Um, but I wonder uh, what sport has the oldest athletes. Golf? That's a random question. Yeah, golf. I, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was quick. You answered that fast. <laughs> I, I watch a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sports. You know, so God-given limits. Um, you know, there's there's some things that I just can't do because I've not been equipped to do them. Yeah. Um, what are the kind of limits we got we're going to talk about today? Uh, well, we have eternal limits uh, and external limits as well. Uh, that's on our list here. Um, it is interesting to... Um, it's interesting to me to have the conversation of what is a, uh, a God-given limit and what is a limit that I have set upon myself. And this is kind of veering off of what we were uh, of of our topic, but um, you know, how do you decide? You know, what's a God-given limit or an internal limit or external limit? Um, and a limit that you set upon yourself. Uh, there are things that I have said no to in my ministry because I know uh, that for myself, it would not have been a healthy or, or good aspect. Um, I think there was when I was in Kansas, I was asked to be a part of this board. Um, <clears throat> and my time was already pretty well spent. I was, I was already a part. Uh, I was directing camp and they wanted me to be on this board for this other uh, kind of summer camp uh, project that was happening in Kansas City, uh, and I I had to respectfully you know decline. I was uh, a part of the Sharefest board. I was a part of was running tall grass for the high school and middle school sessions mm-hmm. at that point. And, uh, between trying to do a high school mission trip and all of our youth group activities in the summer, like I was pretty thin. And it took me about a couple of weeks of praying over it. And I finally just said, I just, you know, this is, this would not be healthy for me uh, to add one more thing uh, to my, to my weekly balance. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can talk about testing those limits as well. Um, you know, I was looking at internal limits, which is limits that I have to put on myself. And mm-hmm. then there's limits that I have to put on the people that are around me. I guess I would fall under internal limits, um, what I was just talking about there. uh, And some of those uh, is it's important to test limits, right? Mm. Um, Because, you know, like you said, some of those are limits that we need to observe and some of those are limits that we need to kind of press on. And I, I think about like if we just always yielded to our limits of walking, then as a toddler, we would never stand up on our own two feet and take steps. Yeah. Um, you know, there is there are some limits that are kind of natural that we have to push to continue to grow and mature um, and to become more whole people, Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some that God has put in place there that are uh, they're intentional. Mm-hmm. And, and I think part of the testing is is asking ourselves and discovering is this a limit that I've been asked to push through and move past to, to be more mature and to grow? 
or is this some a limit that is here that needs to be put into place or that has been put into place um, for my uh, for my own well-being? And, and I think that's a hard distinction to kind of come across. Uh, and, and as I'm kind of thinking through it here, maybe there's some, I think there's some limits that God has placed and there's some limits that God has asked us to place. Right. And I think those are different than just the natural barriers that occur over the course of life that, that we, that we need to push through. Um, and I don't know. Uh, and I wish it was like just a magic, like, formula that says well this is how you can know for sure right um and as i'm just kind of thinking through it i'm, I'm not sure if there's any kind of uh um i don't know not tips but you know well, ideas I that you might have for recognizing when uh, you need to push through a limit well i do uh i do and i think peter uh i don't even know how to say his last name i think i say Scazzaro. Scazzaro. I think Peter Scotero does a good job in his book because by the time that we've gotten to this chapter in his book, like we've really, we've talked about this idea of like pausing and stopping and praying. I think of what I preached on on Sunday, Randy Harris talks about it in his first chapter of his book, soul, soul work, where he mm -hmm. talks about wasting time with God. And I think a lot of this stuff, like if you're not bathing it in prayer and I'm not talking about just like these little moments of prayer, it means like scheduling and taking time and saying, Hey, for 10 minutes, I'm going to sit in five minutes of silence and five minutes of prayer every single day. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to talk about this. If you're not using yourself as a tuning fork and tuning yourself into the Holy Spirit and, and taking moments in time like that, sometimes we have a schedule that's so full that we don't even know how we are what Paul describes as babes and Christians. Like uh, mm -hmm. we're still drinking milk because we've never asked ourselves to mature in our faith. We've never taken moments and times in our days to to just really practice these spiritual disciplines um, because there's there's not any big decision in my life that I am not bathing in prayer. And this yeah. isn't pat on the back for Aaron kind of a moment. Um, this is a a this is a general Christian fact and knowledge. If you profess and say that you are a Christian, you should be bathing things uh, in prayer. You should immerse things in prayer uh, mm -hmm. in whatever decisions uh, that is. You should be teaching your children to bathe things in prayer. Hey, mom, uh, I've, I've been wondering to know if I can play on sports baseball this summer. Do you think that we could fit that into the schedule? Why don't we pray about it a couple times? And then we'll talk about it tomorrow. Let's pray about it tonight and tomorrow morning. And then tomorrow night we'll decide, you know, um, mm -hmm. boy, what a practice that would be. What a, what a lesson you would be teaching your child that, Hey, we don't do anything in this family without bringing it before the throne of God. And so I think when we are um, looking at our limitations, when we're looking at saying yes or no, in my opinion, I feel like we should be, you know, uh, really bathing that, uh, in prayer. And I think God will tell you, yes, I want to push you through this limitation because there's so much more you can do through me. Um, you know, uh, you think of most of the judges in the old Testament, you know, I think of Gideon who was like, I can't do this. And God's like, yeah, I know. That's why I'm here, you know, yeah. pushing him. You can't, through that his, was never the intent was for you. That's to do right. Anything. Pushing him through his leadership limitations, you know, and then I think of Deborah, 
uh, and she tells that guy to go and lead this army, and yet he won't push through his limitation. And so he, she, she says, fine, well, you won't have victory. Victory will be in the hands of a woman, uh, you know? And so there's a good example right there of, of somebody who won't push through a limitation, so it's given to somebody else, uh, and somebody else who says, I can't do it, but I'm going to trust you, God, and I'm scared, and God says, it's okay, I'm going to walk you through it, and I'll, I will show you deliverance uh, through yeah, that. And- I think there are there are some aspects of our culture that like like part of it's just ingrained in us is to mm-hmm. test limits. Yeah. Um, you know, we we've been we've been testing them Adam and Eve testing them in the garden. He's testing um, them every day from the moment you're born. You know, we're trying to decide, okay, here's a limit. Is it a firm limit or is mm-hmm. it soft? If I push mm-hmm. against it, will it move? You know, and that's one of the things that when I'm when I'm speaking to, to young parents, especially, I encourage them. It's like, hey, don't set a limit that you aren't willing to enforce, mm-hmm. and don't stand set a consequence that you aren't willing to enforce, um, because it is our nature. <laughs> yeah, post our real. Um, it's our nature to. Uh, to press those and test those things. And kids need to know that there are firm limits. They do. Um, they also need to know that if you're going to press against this, we can talk about it. And there are some limits that maybe we can readjust. Yeah. Some conversation and some, uh, and as they get older, those things change and, and they begin to move and shift a little bit. And, but what they need to know is which of those are, are hard and fast rules that just don't move. And they also need to know that the consequences that we lay out are always going to be there because it's it's our nature to push against them. But I think there are some other things, um, uh, you know, hey, hey, buddy, listen, you can grow up and be anything you want to be. That's a lie. Yeah. That is a bold-faced lie. You can't grow up and be anything that you want to be. And you know what? You also can't do anything you want through Christ mm-hmm. who gives you strength. Mm, um, sure. You know, and so we, we've taken even scriptural things and we mold them and shape them into these kind of self-help, self-promotion um, ideals that are just lies. And so if I grow up being told that I can be anything I want to be, well, you know what? I'm in for a rude awakening when the real world hits me in the face and says, no, nah, you're not equipped for that. Nah, <laughs> that ain't happening. And, and when Paul writes, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, he's talking about being content in the most mm-hmm. difficult and challenging of circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not talking about great accomplishments. So um, there's some things that, that push us to ignore even the things that God has set in place, just well, like Adam think, and Eve in the garden. I also think in our culture today, like we can look and, and I'll be one to profess this because I see it a lot uh, as a youth minister. Um that a lot of families are at their limits already. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of times they're at their limits before they even look at the church calendar. Yeah. And so and so the the and I feel I feel bad, but at the same time I don't because sometimes it feels like people are trying to squeeze in church time or squeeze in youth group or all these kind of things. Um, where we have exceedingly ignored what's healthy for our families, for our children's or for ourselves as far as like time management. And then we try to squeeze in some spiritual aspects, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, or, well, I I had, I had years and years and years ago, uh, I had a family 
And they're like, oh, I just don't know why my kid. <laughs> they're like, I don't know why my kid doesn't feel connected to the youth group. And I thought they were like, I, I 100% thought they were joking. And I went, wait, really? And they're like, yeah, wait, do you? And I was like, do they, do they have a bad experience? And I said, they've never been to youth group. And they were like, wait, what? And I was like, they've never been to youth group. I said, man, they have never come to Bible class. I said, y'all come to church. They're never here Wednesday nights. I said, we do Monday evening devotionals. They're not there. In the summer, we do Tuesday evening devotionals. Uh, Instead, they're never there. I said, I I don't know. I said, have they ever registered for a youth group event? Well, no, they said that because they don't know the youth group. And I was like, because they haven't like been yeah, to show youth up. group, and so yeah, and so it's like it's like you have you have limited on them in this sense, you know. So yeah, there's there are things that transpire that that we have to really kind of take advantage of, and and one of those is recognizing that. Uh, Busyness is not a badge yeah. of honor. Yeah. Um, busyness is not a badge of honor. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're more successful. And and I think that's one of the things that we have. Hey, I want my kids to be so well-rounded. I want to be involved in everything so they have every experience under the sun. Right. You know, there's it's some this, value in it's that. It's this FOMO but, that, like, grabs yeah. a, a hold of people. And, and, and that's what and that's what I was kind of going to in the, in, in the garden, right? You have Adam and Eve that yeah. have a relationship with God. And what is what does the serpent convince them of? You're missing out on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God doesn't want you to eat of this tree of knowledge because He doesn't want you to be like Him. And they lost sight of the fact that they were already like Him. They were already made in His image. They already had everything they needed and everything they could possibly want. Um, and the only thing God wanted for them to know was Him and a relationship with Him. And the serpent convinced them that they were missing out on something. Mm-hmm. And so they push past those boundaries. And that's that's kind of been the MO ever since. That it pushes us to say, hey, you know what? God's put that limit on you because he doesn't want you to see what's on the other side. Yeah. And and so what we have to do is we have to understand that a lot of these <sighs> limits are limits that we need to embrace because they've been placed there for our own protection. Mm-hmm. Um, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and, and often even physically. And one of the things I've really come to learn in embracing limits is trying to learn to love who I am and where I am Mm -hmm. and not trying to be someone that God has not made me to be. Because I look at the influence that other people have, especially as, as a minister, as a leader, I look out and I go, and that guy posts a video and he immediately gets like 200,000 views. Right. How many people is that guy influencing? Um, and and what what can I do to get that kind of an influence? Well, you know what? God, maybe God didn't create me to to wear that kind of influence or to bear that kind of influence, or maybe I can't handle that kind of influence. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe I would start serving myself opposed to serving God. Maybe I would be focused on too many views. You know, that's a fear that I have. I I I pray about that, and I talk to Lauren all the time. Um, I don't think I'm I'm. And this is a humbling moment. I don't think that I'm anywhere near 
like a good, a great speaker or anything like that. But I tell Lauren, I said, like, I, I don't want to be a full-time preacher because I know that I enjoy preaching too much. Um, yeah. That I feel like, I feel like it might go to my head or something like that, or I might be preaching for myself uh, too much opposed to like listening to God's word and really preaching what God wants me to preach. Um, I have never, uh, I, I am have an opportunity to go to manifest in the Pacific Northwest uh, in September. I'm excited about that. I was honored to go and do that. I am. Uh, I don't want that to be a gateway to me being a keynoter uh, for other stuff. Um, I don't because, you know, I, I know that I would enjoy that too much. And I know that like, I have a very easy inflatable ego. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, you, and if you, and if you don't that... believe that play a game of ping pong with me and you will, <laughs> uh, you will see my ego come out, you know, uh, very quickly. Uh, and so I think that's an internal limit that I've kind of put on myself. Uh, a lot of occasions is to, uh, is to, you know, decline or, or not to do something like that. Well, and you know, you and I talked a lot about that before I took this job. And one of the, the questions I had to ask myself was, mm. um, and it's also one of the questions that Jody asked me when, when he called before, before we took the job as well. And that was, uh, are you going to be okay? Not preaching. Yeah. You know, because you've been yeah, we talked about for that a seven lot. and a half years. Yeah. And and I had to ask myself the question is, where does my identity lie? Does my identity lie in a servant in the kingdom of God? Mm. Or does my identity lie in Josh the preacher? And I, I think it had kind of gotten to a point where, like, my whole identity was wrapped up in who I was as a, as a preacher, mm. not as a servant. Um, and that led to some really spiritually unhealthy habits and practices, you know, for me. And so, you know, embracing that, um, that understanding that I can, I can, I can have value, um, rich, full value, um, in exactly who I am and who's God, who God has created me to be. And, and when I look at kind of what I've been sent here to do with, uh, you know, the family ministry, uh, you know, there are a lot of folks that come into um, a church setting and because of the way, um, because of the teaching of scripture and because of the, mm -hmm. the typical view of family, there are a lot of people that come into churches and they don't know where they fit. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of people that have been single all their lives. They might be 40, 50, 60 years old and they've never married. Mm -hmm. Maybe they've been married for 20 or 30 years and they've never had children. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they couldn't have children. Maybe they've been divorced and they have blended families or they've been separated and they're single parents. So there's a lot of people that come in and because of the, the structure of the family that we have, I think they look and they wonder, I, I know I should fit in here, but I don't know where or how I fit. Yeah. How can um, I fit into this? Yeah. And so understanding the limits that have been placed on our <clears> lives, <throat> whether we've asked for them or not, um, understands that whatever is going on in our life right now, um, I can embrace that and I can learn to serve right. God out of the fullness of my singleness, even out of the fullness of my divorce, mm -hmm. out of the fullness of my marriage, out of the fullness of my family, out, out of everything that I am right now, I can give God everything I have. Mm -hmm. And that brings something of value to the table. And that's kind of been the impetus of our family ministry is expanding our view of this and saying, whatever your family looks like, 
Um, we want to hear and learn from your experiences so that we can all move forward together in a happy or in a healthy and a holy way. Um, and I, I think that's part of the benefits of learning to embrace. I'm not trying to be who somebody else is. I'm not trying to make my life into somebody else's life. This is what I've been given. This is where I am. And how can I serve God out of the fullness of where I am right now? Mm -hmm. I think that's a really powerful place to be when we can embrace those things. And I think like you have to say this. We're not telling people to recognize your limits and say no to teaching Bible class or say no to, uh, you know, or, or Please hey, oh, the children's, yeah. Like we're not telling you like to, or say no to ministries or other stuff like that. Like, I hate to tell you that that's like when you go to the doctor and they're like, Hey, Aaron, I don't know if you know this, you're kind of fat. Um, <laughs> Like you should go on a diet and be like, you're right, doctor. I'm sorry. I'm going to cut out vegetables. I'm going to cut out fruit. I'm going to cut out, you know, uh, healthy proteins. And the doctor's like, wait, no, like those are the wrong things that you're cutting out of your life. Those are the wrong limitations you're putting on your life. You're right, doctor. I'm going to cut out Frisbee golf. I get, I burn too many calories when I play Frisbee golf. <laughs> you, know? Right. you know, the doctor would be like, Whoosh, and slap me, you know? And, and I think sometimes when, um, you know, there's a fear when I'm like, hey, we should put limits on your life. People are like, you know what? You're right. Hey, I can't teach Bible class this quarter because I'm going to take a break. Uh, and it's like, yeah, there, there are some moments. There are some people who have taught for like 12 years straight. Maybe you should take a quarter off mm -hmm. and like be <laughs> and, and learn what it's like to be. But there's a lot of you and myself. Well, not myself. I have taught for 12 years straight. But um, <laughs> there's a lot of people who, who you know, who, who have never taught, who have never stepped into that role, who who your limitations are, are that you are saying, oh, good. This is this is an example of I should cut let more church out of my life and and take more time for myself. And it's not really taking time for yourself as much as it's taking time for God and yourself to spend that time together and yeah. to and to put limits on extracurricular things because your curricular should be Jesus, you know? Yeah. And, and I like the example of David, right? God, David, David. Asked to, David asked to build a temple for God. And God mm. said, no, because there's too much blood on your hands. That's right. And as disappointed as he was, because he wanted to build God's temple, mm -hmm. he didn't stop working. What he did yeah. was he built a kingdom so that his son could build the temple for God. That's right. And so mm -hmm. he he accepted the limit, but it didn't prevent him from continuing to work towards a goal. Man, that'd uh, be a good sermon right there. Yeah. Are you building in your life? Are you building a kingdom for your children to be able to build and worship in a temple of God? I wish I could bookmark this recording somewhere. Like <laughs> that's so like that's so good, uh, you know. And you look at that example and you think about like, are you in your life? building uh, a kingdom where your family is raised with God as the mm -hmm. center and able to build that temple in their lives. Oh, ho, ho. let's rewind. Maybe that's a good senior Sunday. Sermon. <laughs> that's fantastic. So that's a, that's a senior Sunday sermon for the families of the seniors. Yeah. That's not really well. a senior Sunday yeah. sermon. That's, that's just a good family connections class. Um. Oh, we could call that could be our fall class. 
Yeah, could be. Building a kingdom. Building the kingdom. Ooh, there's even a song there. Build your kingdom. Yeah. Oh, I love that song. I do too. That is that is my hype worship song. Hey, we're we're uh, getting to the end of this um, podcast uh, today, but um, I need to I need to share something all with y'all. Sunday cool. Uh, except for I got to get rid of this other thing. Josh, do the cool things. I'm trying. Boom. Hide it. I so didn't have cool. any warning of what you're about to do. Hey, relative than that, I so. know. I know. But hey, if you guys don't know about Sunday Cool, Sunday Cool is a fantastic and wonderful place. This is not an ad, by the way, because uh, you get money from ads, and I don't get money. But uh, I was blessed to be a Sunday Cool ambassador. I love Sunday Cool so much. I order all of our t-shirts, all of our apparel, everything from them. It's super cool. Josh has a beanie that says Sunday Cool on it, and I am super like envious Dude. of that um that is so cool i don't have anything like that uh i have a hat i used to have a hat that was a sunday cool hat that was my favorite but it got ruined um but as an ambassador they treat us really well they give us these cool uh swag boxes i am saving this box because it's so cool i'm not bringing it to my office it is a really cool box they also have a podcast if you like christian comedy that is clean that is funny these guys have an amazing podcast. Ninjas are butterflies, and it's the number one podcast in whatever that place is. <laughs> Barra, uh, Barbados or something like that. Uh, but they gave me it's so cool as a as an ambassador. Barbados, like, maybe, maybe that's what I was thinking, but that just seemed too easy. Um, you know, I got a free T shirt. I got um, you know, I got a couple stickers and stuff like that. But I, I love Sunday Cool, and I will tell you this right now. There is not a better t-shirt company that I have ever worked with. Youth Ministers, if you are last minute, they you can order your shirts uh, a week before, and they will get them to you. They will print them, and they will ship them to you. It is amazing. Yep. Uh, they bail they me out of mini binds. They do, and they feel comfortable. They're breathable. Your logos... It's this water-based printing, and so it breathes uh, through your sweat and everything like that. And, you know, as a guy who grew up in the Pacific Northwest, I didn't know what it meant to sweat until I moved to the Midwest <laughs> and moved to East Texas. It is hot here, and I'm thankful for breathable T-shirts that don't stick to my body. You know, if you have this sound <laughs> when you're taking your shirt Bad off, deal. it's not a good sound. It's not fun. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to remind you all uh, to check them out. Uh, cool Carl, they have some really cool Christian t-shirts too that are kind of funny and good. They make great gifts. If you have kids in their 20s or younger, uh, there's t-shirts and stickers and stuff on there that I guarantee you that they will love. Some clean content, some funny stuff on their YouTube. Uh, just all around good stuff. I use it for my youth group. I use it for my own life. I listen to their podcast on the drive to work all, all the time and my four-year-old the other day went, Dad, are we going to listen to the podcast? Uh, because he finds some of the stuff that they do really funny. Um, nice. So well, you know what happens if you wear guys. a Sunday Cool t-shirt? Uh, if you wear a Sunday Cool t-shirt, you never burn out. That's true. It's the other, it's the other, uh, other gift of embracing limits is you never burn out. Never burn um, out. You uh, capitalized on one of those comments from the book that I thought was really good. Um, you burn out. When you try to give what you don't possess. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was good. I'm going to have to remember that. I don't um, remember saying that. 
Well, you did say it. You just oh. highlighted it yeah. and um, brought it out. So Peter Scazzaro oh, said it. That's right in the book. Yeah, um, yeah. I was like, he, that sounds that sounds way too smart for me to say that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, you know, so it, it, man, when you look at the world we're living in, and you look at how prevalent burnout is, that's that's not just about ministers. Mm-hmm. Families, families in churches, families in baseball, families in softball, families in soccer, families in school, teachers mm-hmm. in school. Um, I mean, we are we are burned out. We're burned out because we haven't learned how to embrace the limits um, that we've needed. Um, and also, we haven't talked much. Maybe it's a whole another podcast, but it's about placing limits on people around us. Um, family and other one. members, it is. Um, but there is something about really understanding who it is that God has called us to be and how I, I want to come back to this. How do we move forward and serve God out of the fullness of who we are? Yeah. Um, when we, uh, when we have to stand and account for everything that we've done in our life, mm-hmm. the question is not going to be, Josh, how come you weren't more like Aaron? Um, the question is not going to be, Josh, why weren't you more like Tom Cruise? Or Aaron Judge, the question is going to be, what did you do with who I created you to be? Um, and I, I think there is a great blessing in understanding what God has given us to do, uh, who he's created us to be, and how we can move forward in the fullness of that. Um, I kind of have you know this uh, behind the beards moment on here as we kind of move towards winding mm-hmm. things down. Um, discerning which limits should be embraced and which should be pushed through. We've kind of touched on that kind of along the way, but uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I think I really just want to encourage people to, to really think about that. Um, don't overlook them. Mm-hmm. Don't embrace limits that you sh- should be pushing through. And don't push through limits that you should be embracing. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I'll come back to you because you said it a hundred times over the course of this podcast and previous ones. And I'm really glad that you always do. Um, first step into that kind of discernment is prayer. Bathe it in prayer. Bathe and, it in and prayer, I still, baby. I still really like that metaphor of bathing or baptizing something in prayer. Mm-hmm. It's at the beginning, it's at the end, and it's all the way through the process. Um, I, you know, the I, best part be about honest, talking about... Weakness of mine, so. Like the best part about like saying like baptizing it in prayer is that, that is is that say say you're baptizing it in prayer and I just thought about this because uh, we just had a team get baptized two weeks ago right is that when you baptize something in prayer you have to walk it into the water mm-hmm. and it gets wet yeah you dunk it in water and it gets wet and then you walk out and you're still wet. And it's still wet. That's right. And and even though like I'm wearing those funny overall things or whatever, and I get out of the water, my <laughs> sleeve, <I'm> still wet. <laughs> my sleeve is still wet. Uh, my arm is still wet. I'm wet because I hugged that person. And so like it's like you know you are like it's you're immersing it in water, but you go in dry and it's wet when you come out and it's soaking wet and and you can yeah. tell you know and so that that whole imagery of whatever that you're taking and truly bathing it in prayer means from head to toe uh it's getting wet 
it's it's being covered in prayer. Yeah, man. I think that's good. Got to do it. Got to pray for it. Got to uh, got to just <sighs> sit in that discernment of what God has sit called us it. to do and who He's called us to be. You'll sit in it and love it. Hey, man. Uh, we want to thank you all for being here today. We appreciate you. Uh, Josh and I do this show to bring glory to God, and uh, we also do it for our own sake and our own well-being. Uh, we enjoy it. We love it. Uh, and we are glad that you are here to participate and be here with us. Um, send us an email if you got a comment or you have an idea uh, of what you want to show or, or some shows to, to kind of look like. We're happy to do whatever we can do uh, and to help you in your ministry, uh, you and your church, or you in your personal life as well. But we do want to say thank you for being here today. And we want to remind you of Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Do not grow weary in doing good. This world is messy. This life is messy. So allow Christ to use you to do something mm-hmm. different. Man, this world right. just needs something, something different. Do something good. Don't do it in your own name. Don't do it for your own glory. Do it for Jesus. Um, I'm Aaron. This is Josh. And we'll see you next week on Behind the Beards. Till we're all growing a beard A man's face should never be bare We just want some facial hair We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for beard